0: As you've probably perceived, I'm rather a gamesman when it comes to killing. I have my own rules and ethics that apply. Hence, Major Krochenkov, and listen to the following quite carefully. This is the game, and these are the rules. You have been asleep for roughly three hours. During that time, I have placed a booby trap in this room. It is not visible, but it is attached to a very common object. If you trigger this object, you will immediately be blown up now the following proposition if during the next 3 hours you are able to find this booby trap and cut the wire you will be permitted to leave the room alive uh, three. Uh.
2: And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And we have three hours to get through this episode before something blows up that's a common object in this room. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And it'd be like, what's the object? It's a can, it's a can of white claw. And I would, like, it'd be like, boom, that'd be the end of the episode. If I'd you don't mind. open it, you'll never <laughs> drink it. <laughs> yeah. It's like he drank all of them. It's like, but one of them had the bomb. It's like, it didn't go off. Anyway. So <laughs> yeah, we're we're teasing this episode coming in. It's uh yeah, we're gonna be talking about uh uh, season 5, episode 29, The Jeopardy Room. Before we get to that, though, hope you guys enjoyed our uh, discussion about Caesar and me um, uh, with uh, using a puppet as a bludgeon to rob a deli. I don't know if there's a good lesson there, but whatever. Anyway, uh, so we, we teased that we would be away for the weekend for the, the 4th of July. I hope everybody had a good, safe holiday. Um, and I was like, maybe we'll have some audio content from the weekend that did not happen. What stays in hotel rooms in Pittsburgh, uh, sorry, Monroeville stays in hotel rooms in Monroeville.
1: And it's probably a good idea because there was plenty of alcohol, uh, ingested and yeah, it was a hell of a time. Um, if any of you were out there, um, reach out to us and tell us what kind of experiences you had. Um, I had a great time. Uh, I I love uh, the Dawn of the Dead film. I love all the George Romero stuff. So I had
2: a blast the entire time. We're, yeah, we're talking about Living Dead Weekend. I just yeah. mentioned um, Romeroville and just in general, like Romeroville, the mm-hmm. holiday destination. Yeah, <laughs> um, I got to meet Greg Nicotero, and
1: I almost pissed myself. So it was awesome. Um, did not pee myself, but yeah, that would have been a hell of an impression. But
2: were both things unrelated? Like just like meeting him and almost pissing yourself, or was meeting him? Ca- causing you almost to piss yourself.
1: Uh, meeting him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then almost pissing myself because of how, how much I was laughing later that night partying with everybody,
2: <laughs> I just, I felt, I felt bad. Cause like when I found you, uh, like you, you'd already been there the day before, uh, and myself and my co-host on, um, uh, invasion of the podcast, Steve, we each showed up that like on Saturday. And I, I just needed to use the restroom and I immediately saw you. I'm like, where's the bathroom? And you pointed the way and it happened to be the same hallway that is predominantly shown in Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And it's like, instead of like me running away from zombies, it was me uh, running towards salvation because, you know, you got, sometimes you get that bubble gut. So that was like, I wasn't really thinking about zombies, but there was an invasion or an attack happening. So anyway, that was a uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of bodily things going on this past weekend. We didn't record any audio probably for the best. Uh, but it was a lot of fun uh with people there it's going to a convention again i do find it uh slightly ironic that the first convention that we all go to post vaccination after a pandemic is the one that takes place at a mall that was set at a movie about a zombie outbreak right so whatever
1: yeah. yes it worked and it, yeah got to got to see uh richard guest of show multiple times richard staving um uh, got to see uh our friends uh our co
2: like co like part it, it, brother the, from the, another the mother. The polygamy that is yeah. all these podcasts. Yes. Uh, 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 we got C. Samael, Newman, of uh, at the Duffel's ball. Steve was there of invasion. And like I said, and, and Richard, who had been with, uh, with us for the invaders, uh, the occurrence at Owl Creek bridge and a terror at 20,000 feet. Yeah. So,
1: and other people that have appeared on this podcast before too. So it's, it's been, a, it was a, it was a good time, man. It was a, it was a hell of a weekend. Uh, uh, it, it took, uh, some real rest, To get all of that out of my system, (laughs) I couldn't believe that I had a a whole day the next day and still had shit to do. And I was like, I was so exhausted at work today. (laughs) So
2: I just, yeah, well, so I've still been on vacation through today. So tomorrow is going to be terrible for me coming Mm. back to work. But just one quick story about the hotel room. Uh, The refrigerator in our room um, was set super high. So it froze everything in the morning yeah uh did i tell you that or no no uh, maybe. Not, ours was the same it yeah, was like set. i went to go grab like because i brought some yogurt uh, for me in the morning and a banana and i grabbed the yogurt so i'm like these feel way more dense than usual and they were frozen solid oh no and then i grabbed the banana and it was like um i could have like hit i could have hammered nails into the wall with how frozen solid this banana was so uh when steve woke up He's like, like you know, he's like, he said something to me. I was like, I was like, yeah, uh, the fridge is a little, a little weird. And I took the banana and just banged it against like the one nightstand, <laughs> like, like you know, that I, sounds like a euphemism, but that's what happened. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say he just saw you sucking on a frozen banana, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> making, making direct eye contact for the entire time. No, I woke up an hour before him, and then like the last five minutes before the alarm went off because I didn't want to, you know, like get your alarm set I'm not gonna be a dick you know I'm just like look at him like you know whatever something and then the alarm goes off he's like were you sitting here in the quiet for an hour I'm like no but then it also occurred to me like how weird would that have been if I was sitting in the chair beside his bed and just like was staring at him when the alarm went off it would have been creepy but also kind of funny you know but whatever anyway
1: I'll have a story for you later yeah so- <laughs> But yeah, so that was our that was our weekend, our collective weekend. But uh, you also
2: talked to a couple people there that had worked in the Twilight Zone the eighties and Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah, so.
1: uh, Miguel Nunez. Uh, he was in one of the episodes from the eighties version of uh, Twilight Zone. Uh, he had some uh, awesome things to say about the episode that he appeared on. Um, what I w- eventually we will cover that sure episode, and I will not, yes. we'll keep that on my notes. Um, and then you know, talking to uh, John, uh, John Harrison. Um, which he he loves doing like anthology horror because he did the Tales from the Dark Side. He directed the the movie Tales from the Dark Side. That's right. And I told him about our podcast and he was very interested in it. Um, So, I mean, these people do this because they loved what rod put like on the screen when they were kids like the
2: yeah rod or george or you know like because i don't yeah like there's your right, anthology that yes they, they dig the stuff yeah because i mean yeah
1: even talking to greg nicotero i mean he cut his teeth on this type Name of stuff drop. i'm kidding yeah. I'm just like <laughs> yeah. but yeah it's I, I had some really interesting um conversations with people uh this weekend and you know it just kind of solidified the fact that it wasn't just like this niche group like this like this little small like corner meeting people that were like the twilight zone. The the twilight zone was a, a massive thing for people it, when it, they were it's, kids.
2: It's the connective tissue for a lot right. of us. Right. So, so that, made, um,
1: that made me that much more happy that we do this. I'm excited about this. Like I'm I'm really excited about doing these episodes in the future, especially the eighties yeah. um, episodes. I can't wait to dive into that stuff.
2: Absolutely. So yeah. So there was some twilight zone stuff this weekend. Yeah. Uh, so that was good. <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway, so that enough about that, I'm sure if you guys want more discussion about the living dead weekend, which who wouldn't, right. uh, uh, Terry's going to be on with me, uh, an invasion of the podcast this week's coming up episode with Steve, we're going to be talking about the George Romero film, Martin. Um, I had never seen it until today.
1: Same Steve, thing with Steve. Steve, Steve had never, never seen it either. It. So yeah.
2: we figured there'd be a nice connective tissue there with the weekend. And then we've been covering vampire stuff recently, and this is a different kind of vampire story. It'll be a fun talk, so um, we'll we'll post that on our Facebook page for uh, Strange Highways to listen to that if you want to hear it. So
1: yeah, please check that out, guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, Paul and Steve do a great job over on that podcast too. It's a I've always loved enjoying uh, like listening to you guys. You and that was prior to me even coming on this show. I've always listened to you guys. You do you do a great job on.
2: That. But if we, but if um, if the main character in this episode listened to any of like our three hour episodes while he was waiting in his hotel room, he'd be dead. <laughs> like, the, like the timer would have went off. and be like, are you guys aren't even, you didn't even get to the end of your episode yet. And like episode over. Like the whole, the whole room would explode trying to get through him listening to one of our episodes over there. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. We talk a long time over there. So, all right. Um, so with this episode, it is season five, episode 29, the Jeopardy Room, uh, air date April 17, 1964. Number one film, The Carpetbaggers. We talked about that last week. Uh, Number one song, Can't Buy Me Love by the Beatles. Have a couple items here. One of these is going to be of utmost importance to to Terry here in a second. Uh, So day and date, uh, what happened here? Actually, I have four things. I forgot about that. Um, The Ford Mustang was introduced, so that was a big deal on this date. Retail price of uh, $2,368. I forgot to see what that would cost in 2021 money. Um, That would be like if you want to do the numbers, Terry, what you would do the math. I'm kidding. But that seems very approachable, even at that time for a Mustang. Uh, But yeah, that was a big deal um, because the Mustangs be kind of like this, like, ingrained, like, Americana. Like, you got to have a Mustang, right? Uh, Jerry Mock arrived in Columbus, Ohio in a Cessna 180, completing a solo round the world flight, becoming the first woman to make such a journey. We had talked about her previously leaving Ohio to do the round the world trip. This is the day that she ends up coming back. And then also, Maynard James Keenan was born in Ravenna, Ohio.
1: Oh, another Ohio connection. Rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, even though he doesn't like to know the, fa- or he doesn't like acknowledging the fact that he was from Ohio.
2: <laughs> really, he doesn't want to like. Dude, just,
1: he he does not. He does not acknowledge it. He hates it. He act from from multiple conversations I've had. He even turns his back on the fans while he's playing Ohio gigs.
2: Wow. Yeah. I just. We, they, there was a quarterback when I went to high school in, in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia, that went on to play for the University of Pittsburgh, played briefly for the Buffalo Bills, did pretty well for himself, right? Uh, and then, so he like, but when he was like professional, he'd say his hometown was somewhere in Texas because he moved there eventually. I'm like, you could, you could say that you played your high school football in West Virginia. No one's going to be upset about this, you know, and that guy is now the quarterback's coach of the Cleveland Browns, by the way, and he will not acknowledge that he, uh, you know, whatever. Anyway, it's just, you're from where you're from like are there certain parts of my life that I don't want to shine a spotlight on in the terms of like I will acknowledge that happened but I don't want to like be like yeah okay that's that's where it's I a, went it's a part of my yeah, life like, there you go but yeah. to, to like kind of like completely ignore it I don't know about that All that's right. weird
1: so there you go Uh fan of show Adam uh, you, got <laughs> some, you got some tool trivia in there yeah. so
2: yeah so then the day after this this is like wouldn't be an episode of a strange highways if uh, we didn't mention some just random weird Terrible thing that happened, a terrifying thing. April eighteenth, an eleven-year-old boy in uh, Mill Valley, California, got his hands caught in a rope and was taken to an altitude of three thousand feet while dangling below a hot air balloon. Danny Noel uh, had joined three boys who had volunteered to hold the balloon steady, and as he told reporters later, the balloon took off and everybody let go but me. <laughs> I shouldn't find that funny, but I do. The balloonist. Which is, by the way, that's a, the thing. That's a, that's that's a, a thing? thing. Yeah. Oh. Like, hey I, I, Terry, I'm going to give you my business card. My name is Paul and I'm a podcaster and a balloonist. Um, you <laughs> that know. would be if I ever uh, got that job. My my wife would be terrified.
1: <laughs> she hates balloons. But
2: like, but what if it was like like not hot air balloons, but like just the person that makes like the wiener dog balloons? Like, I'm a balloonist. She, you know, you yeah,
1: know. she hates that. Oh, Okay. That. <laughs> she doesn't like like. She does not like balloons.
2: Oh no. She's,
1: yeah, she actually has a phobia.
2: Oh gosh, I can I can actually make a wiener she dog out of balloons. Sweating them um, like sweating bullets when she sees oh, man. balloons, man. Yeah. Oh man, that's terrible. That I know that now. Yeah. No, I'm ki- I, Anyway, the balloonist William <laughs> Barry was unable to hear Danny screaming until he shut off the propane gas burners. <laughs> At that point, Barry realized that the boy was suspended thirty feet below uh, the balloon's gondola and began spilling air to make like a fast descent. So, like, the moment he's like, "Oh shit! There's a kid dangling below." 30 feet below me that forgot that didn't let go of this. And so then, um, they, they made a rapid descent, 25 feet per second, 10 minutes after the frightening ride began, Danny was safely rescued from a tree in a residential backyard, uh, somewhere in, um, in California. So there you go. There, there is, um, we, we, we watched the movie up with a bit of like joy and glee, right. And like, and wanting to see this house float away. But there was also at one point a kid caught under a hot air balloon, (laughs) screaming.
1: Well, I I hope Danny's doing well now and doesn't have uh, any kind of trauma from this just... (laughs) experience
2: like what like, like is it from the hot air balloon or just like like i don't know hot air like just the times where like do you remember the jiffy not the jiffy pop was it the ones that you put on the stovetop that's like jiffy the, pop yeah that's the the aluminum foil right mm-hmm. it's like but like you hear that and, go, and you hear that you see it puffing up does he just like freak out like at that point is he like windy in the shining when the axe comes to the door he, she he just starts screaming like i don't know but anyway i would so <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> flashbacks for this poor guy oh my goodness so yeah uh so that happened anyway that's that's your day and date uh let's get into our cast and crew um and we'll we'll, (laughs) unfortunately we actually have some news we don't normally have breaking news for the twilight zone but we do this time and i think it's of important to talk about so cast and crew terry right so uh to lead it
1: off and then also kind of get into news. Our director on this episode is uh Richard Donner, the late Richard Donner. He just passed away on the 5th. No, like the 4th.
2: The 4th, I the believe. Fourth yeah.
1: Of yeah. uh 4th of July here. Um so he has two more episodes coming. Uh, I it, it's it's sad and it's uh, it's really it's even more disappointing because like you know, like <laughs> The dude had some other things. He mm-hmm. had some more irons in the fire, man. Like he was, he had some other things coming up that he was working on. Yeah. But hell of a career, man. At
2: Ninety-one yeah. years old. Like the, they both Superman one and two. You search know, two is a little bit more muddy, but he got his cut out later. <laughs> um, and Lethal Weapon, The Goonies. Right. Like we've talked about these things before, but what's a bummer to me is that um, we learned about this yesterday, right? We're recording this on the sixth, they announced this on the fifth. Um it I as old as the Twilight Zone is and as we're we're like eight episodes from the end here, it like this is gonna sound kind of weird. It was kind of it was kind of reassuring to talk about Richard Donner in the present tense. Right. Right. And then like and I know we just talked about Sounds and Silences and that is kind of a um a dumpster firewood episode. I don't put that on him. I put that on Sterling's script. It was just like, I don't know, like it was nice to be like, we're going to get through this and there's still people. Out, I mean, there still are people out there, right? Like, right? like I think one of the high points of the season, and, and this is, you know, spoiling our our year or our season wrap up, but like tear it 20,000 feet. An amazing episode. Shatner's still around. Great episode, right? Donner did that. We have a couple more Donner, com- Donner coming up, but it's like, oh man, it's, it, just seems, it just seems like it's perfect timing in the worst way that we're getting a Donner episode within like a day and a half of finding out that he passed. Right. So, but yeah, guy, the guy shaped blockbusters, right? Think about that. Like, like people still talk about lethal weapon. Like the Goonies didn't do well to start, but it has grown into a thing, right? Like I just, the guy, you know, like he, he, you know, he has fair share of uh not good things. Um, but whatever, whenever you're constantly creating and moving forward, it's going to happen. But he changed. Um, he changed the blockbuster landscape for, for for film, right? And he cut his teeth doing TV. And um, the directing of this episode is actually quite good. Yeah. It did. So, but I think it's good that we get a good we get a good, interesting directing episode from him to celebrate his life. You know, I mean, not that this is going to be like the um, you know the everybody's going to listen to this and be openly weeping and be like Terry Paul really really nailed Richard Donner's career in this episode, but. You know, like at least this is a good one directing wise for us to appreciate what he was capable of and what he was still doing and on the way up.
1: And that's well put. I mean, like this isn't like his best episode for what we've watched so far, um, but it also isn't like the worst thing he's ever done because I mean, he, <laughs> he has some pretty uh, questionable well, things that he's We've done, already seen from Agnes
2: with love, which uh, he directed.
1: and uh, And let's not forget about the omen. If you want oh, to talk yeah, about yeah. horror. Oh,
2: you're right. You're right. Omen, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right.
1: Oh my God. Why, how do, could uh, we why did I
2: forget the omen?
1: Yeah, and the toy. Uh that's a, not not horror, but I love the toy. And Scrooge. Oh I mean, Scrooge, yeah. Hell of a okay. career. Hell yeah. of a career. I think he hit his uh his stride when he like was in the eighties and that really. I think that's I mm-hmm. mean, I don't I don't think that's, you know, you know, fair
2: No, he like people talk but, about like the buddy cop action film. Like yeah. he was the one that kinda like, got it going in terms of like the big, like Hollywood, like whatever, right? And then, um, I've not seen Maverick. I've heard a lot of fun about like with that the,
1: too. Yeah. The, 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 um, it's the Western, the, Lesterin, a- the yeah. movie adaptation of the yes. show. And, yeah. and I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I, so, I not, mean, not, Mel, yeah. Mel Gibson's a questionable person, but you know, he worked with him quite a bit. So, why not?
2: <laughs> I mean, like, I, we mentioned Shatner as if he's not like also kind of an idiot and a jerk sometimes too, you know, but just because you work with idiots and jerks doesn't mean you can't put out like, um, good entertainment though the people that are behind it aren't the best people all the time yeah but i didn't i've never heard anything negative about donner yeah know? and like,
1: i honestly it's like you know 91 he had a hell of a run and uh luckily he put out a lot of good material and we were we're able to you know take it all in and uh, we'll have two more discussions about this gentleman and I'm, I'm 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 really interested to see what he does with the next two episodes yeah too. right so.
2: Well, speaking of, of two to go, I'm, I'm cutting you off. I apologize because this was written by Rod Serling. Um, uh, he gets two and a half more scripts before we're done. One of them is adapted from a short story. That's why I put the point 0.5. Okay. So like, well, you know, like I'm glad that we're going to still get a little bit more Serling before we actually turn the lights off on this thing. So Yeah.
1: So yeah. Because you know, like- I
2: think he actually gets the second to last episode before we get to the bewitching pool. So that'll be good.
1: Yeah, so as Paul said, uh, he's our writer on this, Rod Serling. Uh, and into our cast we go. So a uh, very small cast here. So we have Martin which, Landau.
2: Which is always good after a weekend of doing dumb things in Pittsburgh. It's always nice to have a three-person cast. Oh, you know, like. oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of researching for notes, you're like, hell yeah, three people. Bring it. You and, know, and, and
1: guess what? Uh, Martin, uh, there's quite a bit of cast members on that. So uh, get ready for that discussion if you listen to that. Yeah. Uh, On Invasion of the Podcast. Um, But yeah, so uh, the late Martin Landau, uh, he plays our our lead in here as Major Ivan Kachinko. Kachinko. But I I
2: wrote him as Martian Landau by accident in my notes. I feel bad about that, Mm. but I'm not going to change it.
1: So, uh, well, okay. Okay. so uh, one other episode uh, that's Mr. Denton on do- uh, Doomsday, yeah, and, and he will actually be in the a- uh, an eighties episode okay. as well with Twilight Zone. So
2: Landau is like so. Mr. Denton on Doomsday was one of my uh, more frustrating episodes of season one. It makes me wonder if I go back to it now after like the the like to quote James Cameron about aliens like forty miles of bad road. Like you get your your bumps and like peaks and valleys with the Twilight Zone in the series here. I, I do wonder if I go back to Mr. Denton on Doomsday if I might view it a little bit more favorably. I don't know. But he was in, in that episode. That was one of the very first episodes of season one. Um he was Bell Lugosi and Ed Wood. He won an Oscar for that. Um uh he was in one of one of my I don't know, like this is one of my favorite films that no one talks about, Rounders. Have you ever seen Rounders? I've never seen it. Um is that guy Richie? I don't uh, know. I know it's not guy it's Richie. His... But it's Matt Damon, um, and you got uh Ed Norton in it. Okay and Uh, So Matt Damon is a character and has Gretchen Maul as well, which we talked about in the second season of the Jordan Peele Twilight Zone. Oh, yes. The very last episode of that second season. I remember you bringing that up as one of her credits. Yeah. She um, the the whole thing with uh, Matt Damon, he's a law student who uh, has this like he plays like the high high stakes poker and he got cleaned out. Like and so he's like trying to like do the right thing, go to law school and his and his buddy who was Ed Norton? Um, just he's kind of a piece of shit, Basically, he's being released from prison and it was like, we should get back out rounding again, go out there. And it's like, I don't understand poker because I'm not good with car. I mean, I understand like, you know, the concept of like no limit, hold 'em or whatever. I'm not good at it, but it's like them, they're like trying to get like this amount of money for whatever reason, and they're playing poker. Um, uh, John Malkovich is in it playing a guy named Teddy KGB, who is this Russian. It's like, it's just a cool movie about this other world. Right. And Martin Landau is a law professor that befriends Damon's character. And whenever Damon kind of tells him the truth of what's going on, he's like, Oh. Well, he's like, how much money do you need? He goes to this whole story about like finding out who you are. Landau gives an amazing performance in that too. Rounders is a cool movie.
1: Yeah, I have to check that out. That is a real blind spot for me because yeah. there's a lot of films that are oh, very I mean, similar to Landau's that. Landau's
2: done so much too, right? Like yeah. uh, he was uh, Leonard in North by Northwest. Yep. Uh, which uh, that was an I, which I wrote my notes here is North by Northwest. That's a different movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Starting Starring Mar- Martian Landau. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I had watched North by Northwest for the first time this year. That's a great film. Uh, he was he was in the X-Files film, um, Mission Impossible, the series. 76 episodes. Yeah. yeah, I played a character that was the Master of Disguise, uh, so he did a lot of different accents and a lot of different characters. Was in Playhouse 90. Uh, but also one of the fun, fun things I found out here, I guess upon my revisit of him, since it's been four seasons plus, he was the voice of Mac Gargan, the Scorpion, in the '90s Fox Spider-Man cartoon. Nice, that's awesome. I love that. That that was a great cartoon. Cute. That has the uh, what's his name from Aerosmith that does the uh, and the intro guitar. Um, uh, Steve Perry. Yes, yes, he does the the the, the Spider-Man music for that. Nice, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I love I love that series too. And, and Mark Landell just seemed like the nicest guy in the world, so I'm glad that we got to see him again. A, a very expressive eyebrows too. Yes, um, <laughs> <laughs> but he plays a very small but interesting part in North by Northwest. Um, you, you know, so check out that movie; it's a lot of fun.
1: So uh, next here we have a uh, John Van uh, John Van dear Darlene yeah, yeah I think that's right Deline uh, it's uh, dear van I think De- yeah so uh he plays Kimissaar uh van <laughs>
2: hey, commissar Vailoff I think that's yeah. What, yeah Dutch actor uh only Twilight Zone episode um he was in Alfred Hitchcock's topaz mm. so that that would come mm-hmm. later nice connection with Martin Lando yeah uh and then uh, five episodes of Hawaii and I so I want to mention that. 1986 is The Money Pit. I love that movie. I do, too. I've not seen it forever, but I love The Money Pit. God, Tom Hanks was awesome in the 80s. I just... There's that bit where he ends up like walking into that carpet that's covered. Dude, And hole. that is like
1: one of my favorite scenes <laughs> that he's making little, uh, paper airplanes he's out of, out of dollar bills, And he's
2: like, he, he gets stuck in this hole, like in the <laughs> second floor of this house and his elbows are stuck. He's, like, T-Rexing. Yeah. It. And, he to, and he just starts like, was it, Sh- was it Shelly Long? Not Shelly Long. Wasn't his wife in that. I think maybe it was Shelly Long. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. Uh, he, he hears her come in and he's like, honey, is it you? He's like, I've been, maybe he's like, I've been hallucinating. And you like, can
1: like, see him in the, <laughs> the ceiling. <laughs>
2: He's like the Care Bear stopped by for a bit, yeah. <laughs> I I do like the I, I do like the Money Pit.
1: Oh, it's so fun, man. Yeah. The my favorite scene of that entire movie though is he does like the the um oh my god, uh the the scene outside of the house where he's like falling, it's like the mousetrap thing.
2: <laughs> um, it's like a Rube Goldberg, right? Where yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I, just remember, is- I remember that. I also remember the Turkey, like getting launched. Oh, there's a the whole thing in the, in the kitchen where he, he turns on one light switch and it becomes like this fuse running across the house. I love the money pit. I, it's a, it's a it's a it's. I can understand why it didn't do so well, but I think that's a fun idea for. Oh my family. god, it's it's so good. It's I, terrifying now that I'm a homeowner. Oh but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know that's a every situation
1: when I think about buying a house, I'm like, it's gonna be that. I know it. Um, but yeah. So um, next year we have a. Uh, you're gonna have to help me with this, Paul Bob Robert. Keljon,
2: I think that's his name. Well, okay, so it's Robert. So yeah, Uh, (laughs) I had Bob uh, Robert uh, Keljon as uh, Boris. Boris. Um, he
1: he was in both the Alfred Hitchcock Presents and the Alfred Hitchcock Hour. Yeah, and then he was in some Outer Limits.
2: So I also have him. I I clicked on his credits and I clicked the wrong thing by accident. Uh, He was also a director of Count Yorga. Uh, vampire the return of count yorga and a scream Blackulus scream so this guy's done a lot of like interesting genre stuff yeah for sure which i've not seen any of those but i know that there's are those are of note uh, yeah and I, it, I
1: wish i could speak to that you know especially the the blackula series and that um th- that's definitely been on our radar on a few other um credits for other actors and that. i i I almost want to discuss one of the movies, but I think that that might be for a different podcast. Yeah. You know? I mean,
2: <laughs> if we want to get some black and on this up on yeah. strange highways, I'm down. Cause that, you,
1: you, t- you talked about, um, another genre specific, uh, thing in the, what's the, the one with the puppet, um,
2: the puppet. We, no, uh, we, we did magic here.
1: No, no, no. On the other podcast. Uh, um, an invasion? It was, yeah, it was a exorcist type rip off.
2: Oh no, 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 it wasn't a puppet, it was a film called Abby. Oh, okay, Abby, yeah, um, uh, okay. Which was a black exploitation uh, film, um, that if you guys, I'm gonna promote this again on Invasion of the podcast. We did a year of the knockoff. There was an episode we did a, a, about Abby because it, it was like made right after The Exorcist, it's actually pretty decent. It's not the perfect movie. And you had
1: just recently met some of the uh, the actors that participated, they, they on were
2: it. at um, the Cinema Wasteland um, uh, convention that we go to, yeah. Uh, Northeast were, Ohio
1: yeah. has a uh, a, a B film, and um, a, like drive-in theater uh, convention yeah. that celebrates all so that I, stuff. I, so
2: I met them a little after watching Abby. Abby was directed by William Girdler, who uh, did um, Grizzly and some other things that I dig. But yeah, Abby's a cool little film. Uh, but yeah, if we want to get into more like... like um, like, I, I've never seen any of the Black Blackula films. That yeah. would be cool. I think that would be... We talk about taking detours on the show. We talk about going different places. I mean, granted... <laughs> We're eight episodes to the end of the original series of The Twilight Zone, so we're going to go some different places. If we if we get some yellow, we'll get some yellow. It's fine. Yeah, you and know.
1: we we keep on saying this, but we're we'll, we'll express it a little bit more uh, now since we're getting so close to the end of this. We're going to take a long detour and discuss some other things before we dive into whatever we'll, we'll else we figure it out. Yeah,
2: I, I mean, I think I mean I'm just going to say this right now to Terry. I think uh, I think we're leaning towards the '85 uh, Twilight Zone. Yeah, 80s, I figured. Like, just like. Like we'll figure that out, but I figure that's probably the next cause I mean there's plenty enough there, right? And there's like, some
1: remakes of the classic episodes that are yes, presented. So I in think that.
2: that's where we're gonna go next. But, that, but anyway, so that's our that's our cast that's and our crew, cast. right? So, so we're filling
1: in the space there because there was a very small cast here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then uh the phone as itself. I don't know, I got nothing. Um so um yeah, let's just let certainly take it away here. Um Oh wait. Here, I, I was gonna press buttons that it makes sense. Here we go
0: the cast of characters, a cat and a mouse. This is the latter, the intended victim who may or may not know that he is to die, be it by butchery or ballet. His name is Major Ivan Kuchenko. He has, if events go according to certain plans, perhaps three or four more hours of living. But an ignorance shared by both himself and his executioner is of the fact that both of them have taken a first step into the Twilight
2: Zone. um This is probably one of the more n- not odd episodes of the Twilight Zone, but like weird. I don't know, weirdly paced. Yeah. Like um, because we get i uh, watching this a second time, I, and then spoilers. Please, everybody watch. This. I know this guy just got taken off Netflix, but it's available on Hulu. Yeah. right so that's that's yeah if you're wondering plus,
1: what yeah. what happened to your feed <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, do not do not uh call up your provider they took it off there i'm sure it's they'll get it back on there it happens sometimes with these uh streaming services but yeah right now on hulu yeah. you can watch these episodes
2: and like i said paramount plus so go check that out there please watch that because uh you know we're going to spoil this unfortunately but i'm saying like the second time through the way that this starts with the phone ringing and like directly having um Ivan looking at it with like this like what is going on that's very telling later you know but you know, the phone rings uh we find out that like you know um we find that Ivan is woken up to Vasilov um pretending to be a friend saying remain in your room friends are coming and this whole thing right and then um then we find out that across the way from Ivan's like hotel room, Vasilov and Boris are across watching Ivan. Um, and Boris, I, I like the idea. It's like, his name's Boris. So it's like, I feel like he's just like looking out for moose and squirrel. He just has, he's <laughs> just angry about it right now. Um, he just, he has a gun ready. He's just like the whole like We know that, that Ivan's targeted to be killed from the jump. Right. And Boris just wants to take care of him right now. But Vasilov has different plans.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, He's doing like a
1: predating of what Jigsaw is in the movies <laughs> of Saw. Like he has this game plan set up for this dude and we see it unfold. Uh, but I, he's really, he wants to stick it to this guy. And I, he's, I think Serling puts it in the best way, cat and mouse game.
2: Yeah. I mean, he says like, I didn't get all the dialogue because this is a Serling episode that um, there's not a lot of action until like the last five minutes. Right. So because of that, this really is going to fill it all with dialogue. That's not a bad thing, but there's a lot of dialogue to get through. And, um, and so Vasilov views himself. He kind of views himself as an artist. Like he, he's done so many executions. He, and like we, 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 we believe this is the Russian government, right? It's really never quite clear, but he's called Commissar. Everybody has a Russian name. It's Russia, right? right. Anyway. Well,
1: at least the, the Soviet Republic yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Because, um, you know, he, he... So, we, you know, we talk about um, Martin Landau's character, uh, Ivan, fleeing the country, fleeing uh, imprisonment. Yeah, and he he's was able actually to in ex-
2: Siberia and everything. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, and he was being tortured, and um, so... The voice on the phone, he doesn't recognize. He doesn't know this voice yet. But once we get um, this, this friend, this friend, that, he, he's a friend, and he comes and he meets him at his door. And he knocks on the door and everything. And uh, Ivan is strapped. Like, he has a gun.
2: <laughs> Two things. We mentioned about how, like, guns back then, Like, like, the gun that Ivan had was, like, I don't know tiny it was yeah like, it's a it's, it's a, like it's like you like if we were in america right now and you ate a box of americanos like that would be the free it's probably size. a 22 it's, a, it's tiny it's like a knuckle buster right yeah. but it would kill somebody yeah and somehow Especially like at close range somebody now somehow now it's like ah that's nothing like no. <laughs> watch this but let's back it up just a, just a hair went because we the the whole first like few minutes of this episode is vassal off, uh, showing because Bo- Boris has his like uh like it looks like a Luger or something aimed. Yeah, it's a Luger. Yeah, uh aimed at him. Oh no, I, I'm not sure. Actually. It's a I mean, It looks like a Luger, like whatever, right? It's like right. anyway, it's a, so, like a Soviet type yeah. gun. Um, which I think is Luger's German, but whatever. It's a European. You guys have seen this type of gun before. It is yeah. scary looking. Um, right. and uh, but Boris knows like I could take his head off right now, but Vasilov's like no, no, no. And he talks about like the differences between like types of death. And he was like, he's like, you know, I want him to die with finesse. This death will be like a ballet. So we get from the jump that Vassilov is a hired gun, but for whatever reason, he believes his work is a high, like he's, he's better than just the common thug. Right. And it's like, and we get a lot of this repeating dialogue. So then when he does show up to the room, like for him to show up as a friend, um, it is, it's just him. Um, yeah, attempting to rub it in, in the, the face of Ivan because Ivan, you're right. Ivan has a gun. Ivan recognizes him immediately. Um, but Vassilov doesn't know that Ivan will recognize him immediately. So I feel like Vassiloff needs that moment of like, ah, I'm just showing you how clever I am. And that's going to be a theme for this whole episode. Uh,
1: yeah, And, and, uh, you know, it takes a second, but Ivan finally comes out with it and lets, uh, you know, Vasilov let, lets him know, like, Vaseline. hey, I, kn- yeah. I, like, I know who you are. I remember a guy sitting in the corner, laughing the same laugh, <laughs> with this long cigarette holder and everything. Like he had to have this cigarette holder too, which is, I, I no,
2: what is he? What is he? Uh, Pepe Le Pew? Like I don't know. Like right. or the Pink Panther? Like you have or Peg Bundy with like the long cigarette <laughs> holder and like whatever. It's like. Uh, it's some, like some
1: uh starlet, <laughs>
2: <laughs> like seriously, yeah. Like, yeah. I did, just did like, men use those. I, I need to I know this, like sure. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm gonna guess that maybe like just clamping down on a filter probably sucks, you know, I mean, perhaps. So. Yeah,
1: but either way, um, but yeah, he he recognizes the cigarette holder. We live in
2: the age of vaping. I mean, we're, are we gonna question long cigarette holders? Hmm. I don't know.
1: Anyway. Um, so, you know, he, he, he calls him out, and all you see is a smirk on Vasilov's face. Like, he's just like, ah, oh, you got me. Like, yeah, I, I was trying to play it aloof, but you know who I am, so, like, let's not play around. And I'm not really sure why the events play out the rest of the way, but Vasilov brought a bottle of wine. Yeah. And he wants Ivan to drink this wine. I don't know why Ivan
2: buys into it. I don't either. Like that's, that's one of the, um, (laughs) I thought maybe I missed something, but I no. like the thing is he's like, y'all fine. He's like, fine. You're going to poison me. And then, and then we get like the princess bride thing, right. With the lidocaine powder where Vassilov takes this big pull off this wine. And he's like, but so for, let me just back this up for a second too. Um, we're getting this idea that like, cause, um, Vassilov knows Ivan is leaving. He's trying to get like passage because he's somewhere still over overseas in Europe. We don't know where right? He's trying to get like safe passage. Old, like, come, like We think he's coming to America. Um, we we know he escaped Siberia and um, he is going to get like come over and then Vassilov's like listening. He's like you were part of us 15 years previously. You still have knowledge that we don't want going away. Um, somewhere along the way it's lost that he was also a master of subterfuge, because it said later about like cat and mouse, like you know I you know, I've done this thing, like like he's trying to like basically say you're supposed to be my equal. I'm going to prove to you that I'm better than. But he take the so Savvov takes the swig of wine, and then eventually Ivan takes it as well, but it's drugged. And then you know, we find out later that Vasilov's like, no, no, no. I've been drugging myself with this forever. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm like, I'm good. You yeah, know, he's,
1: like, he's like, I could drink a gallon of yeah, this I'm stuff. Yeah, I'm the Dread
2: Pirate Roberts. I've have, I have developed an immunity to lidocaine powder or whatever, right? <laughs> whatever. But it's just like, I don't understand that. Um, let me just say, it. this is one of my frustrating points about this episode, is that the setup is interesting to me. Um, and the character of Vassilov is interesting to me this episode doesn't really take off until we're in 13 minutes into it where the title of the, the episodes, the jeopardy room um, after Ivan gets like pat, like drugged and he wakes up. Um, then we get, and you mentioned saw, I mean the, the tape recording we're getting to in a second is very Saw Like um, you, you've spent half this episode doing nothing. And I feel like I'm going to blame Serling that like, You could have, this could have been just a tense, you could have done this in real time for 24 minutes and made this just, just like pull your hair out. The
1: bomb under the table kind of scenario. Like like, you could have set it up. Like it didn't take all, it shouldn't have taken all this dialogue. Even these characters, I know that he's trying to implement this idea that you're supposed to feel some backstory or whatever. Don't necessarily need it.
2: Well, like, so I'll, I'll, I'll take a page out of when I've been like digging into Hitchcock where. He said, like, if you do a scene where people are talking and then it ends in an explosion, he's like, yeah, that like that'll get people's attention. He's like, however, if you start the scene off with the audience seeing a bomb ticking, and it's under a table, like you said, and then you know that's going to set to explode, and the, and the people in the room don't know. He's like, suddenly you you got them, you know, basically you are like you have their you have the audience's attention, like they're going to be deadly wrapped to what's going on, and Serling didn't like this is his. This I think this is his attempt of kind of like, kind of like that that Hitchcock suspense, right? Like I'm not, and it's not misplaced. I think the idea is cool, but he doesn't take the right things from it, and so when we finally get to the moment of Ivan waking up, which um, again watching this episode a second time seems really odd to me that um, Vasilov would call him to start. And then leave this really overly long tape recording explaining his plan and then say, hey, I planted a plastic bomb somewhere in your room. It's like, wait a second. Why'd you leave me a tape recorder? You called me before. (laughs) (laughs) That seems a little presumptive, right, to me. But we find out that when Ivan wakes up, there's something in his room that's booby trapped. It's going to go off in three hours. The stipulations are um, you must keep searching. If you stop searching, we'll shoot you. If you try to do anything, we'll shoot you. Like basically, like if you like, try to leave the
1: room, you we'll know, shoot, shoot you. Shoot you. yeah you
2: know, uh, um, if you question the plot of this episode, if we'll you try shoot to call you. somebody, we'll yeah. shoot you. Like if all, you, the, yeah. If you try to contact Sterling for script guidance, we'll shoot you. You know, whatever. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> line, the, line, 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 <sighs> line. Like uh, or just like I would love uh, land out. and be like, why? And it's like shoot him. Just, just he's questioning the logic. Just shoot him. Yeah.
1: I, you know, and I, I and so, th- so. Here begins the the frantic searching of uh, Ivan. He's looking around and and I like that they decided to not give him some like internal dialogue or a monologue rather where he's trying to figure out like is it here? Yeah. I don't know. You <clears throat> know and, like I don't I, I'm glad they didn't choose to do that but we get um uh, Vasilov talking to Boris because Boris is like dude, you didn't tell me where you were going to put the bomb. Like, and that's kind of like, I like that conversation between the two of them. It's kind of fun,
2: but they keep going back and forth over and over again. But it's like this, it just kills the tension where like you get, you get Vasilov. Not watching the room, but like drinking tea or drinking coffee or whatever. And Boris and not is, looking, you not looking because he's so confident in his ability. And Boris is like, "Did you put it here?" And he's like, "No, that would be a good idea, but no." And you put like, it on the door. Here? Did you put it on the item label bomb? I did not do that. Like this is whole <laughs> like, is it in the, the King James Bible? That <laughs> would be a good idea, but no. Like you know, is it on the complimentary mint on the pillow? Like what? <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, so I, I mean, I, I thought that w- I thought that was good. That was a good choice, um, and I like how arrogant that Vasilov is. Mm-hmm. Like by not looking out the window, he he has his his back to the wall, just sitting there on the floor, like kind of just soaking it up. And he's got this. Smirk he's so on
2: confident in his-, his ability yeah. to be like, I'm smarter than everybody here. I just again feel like you set this thing up. 13 minutes into this very short episode. And the, the focus isn't on Ivan. I feel like I, I'm, I'm rewriting the episode. Like we, if if we're, if you and I are approaching this now doing a 24 minute story of this, we should never see Vasilov or Boris. Like meaning. That's a good we're, call. Yeah. I know we're talking about saw or whatever, but it's like, it should be him waking up with like, I mean, I guess saw like, saw ripped this off or whatever, but like the tape recorder or the phone call. Right. Right. And then, the, like, the handful of times that he begins... Like, Iva would begin to doubt what was going on. A single shot fired into the room or something, right? Like, like we're could, not playing. This could have been a one-person story and been tense as all get out. Right. And the only attention... Like, so credit to Donner. Um, so, as Boris is talking to Vasilov and, and Vasilov's having his victory lap before it actually happens. Um, we get these, like, interesting... like I think they're handheld-type shots. Because the... The film looks different, right? In terms of like, because way these things are shot, I forget the film stock. I don't actually have that off offhand. But uh, if you go handheld, that's a smaller camera and a smaller film stock that you could put in there. So there's these interesting handheld shots that Donner has of uh, Landau looking under the bed, looking wherever. It's like it's getting closer up to him. And there's there's real panic there. There's your episode.
1: Right. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. It builds that tension. Um, and again, like three hours. This dude has a very tiny room, very tiny, like yeah. it's probably uh, just a smidge bigger than the, the studio that we're in right studio. now. Studio, <laughs> <So, so laughs> we got a sound professional. Dude. No, no, it's <laughs>
2: just uh, we got sound professional. It is a bedroom in my house that doubles as my office, game room, and podcasting room. So, studio, so it's small. <laughs> Uh, and, and Terry's here with me, and um, and the signed Clive Barker photo that he bought for me. That's he, all it's in this he's room. He's watching you. He's he's watching me. He knows he planted a bomb somewhere. But if Clive <laughs> Barker did it, it'd be a really sexy bomb. We know, like, sex bomb, sex bomb, <laughs> sex bomb, right now. So, um, uh, no, like, so I think that um, you could have had something here, um. I, it just you know, and I'm not saying there's nothing here either because it's perfectly fine. But we get nine minutes to go, and by nine minutes to go, I was looking at the time code on this like 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 enhanced. Now, um, nine minutes from from the moment this happens to the end of the file I was watching. Meaning we're going to go through um, the teaser for the next episode and the credits. Nine minutes to go of the runtime when we finally get Ivan looking through the room yeah. of this 24 minute episode or whatever. That just, ah, uh, like you, I, you, you stepped on the best part, right. you know, like, and I think Landau was more than capable of carrying this. I
1: enjoyed his portrayal of this character. Yeah. Like I, 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 I think he did a hell of a job and he looked concerned, Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's like he sold it yeah. and like, he looked like he was searching when frantically he was pulling too. the
2: drawers out, like, and him being just like anxious. And then, yeah. so we find out that what the bomb is, is that it's set up in the phone that once the phone rings when the like when the hand the the hand um receivers picked up that's what will detonate
1: but see he checks the phone that's the that's the interesting part because he checks
2: it without a ringing right he just checks it yeah so that that is interesting you're right that is that is uh, because he says because he sees
1: ivan uh boris sees ivan uh start to look at the phone he's like oh it's the phone isn't it and he's like ah uh, you're getting real hot you yeah. know like uh, uh vasilov says you're getting hot like he's just playing this game with boris too because i think he's he's relishing in the fact that he's like even got boris confused about it because
2: well, boris is just he he's the butcher right right boris he's trying butcher, to show right. boris the butcher right uh boris the spider no boris the butcher he's trying to like so Vasilov's trying to show that like yeah i kill men too but I'm better than because I'm an artiste, you know, like just pinky out uh, when I do it's it. It's just, it's like, but you still kill men. Like just like he's even mentioned that he's done this like 800 times or something. It's like, it also sounds like he's bored and just wants to do some different things. So he's like, I'm sure if he would have lived long enough and watched Double Dare, he'd be like, I need him <sighs> to find the bomb in the oversized nose. Or he would whatever. be Mark. Be Mark <laughs> Summers, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like you know, whatever. But, like, you know, so, just, but, be on this tricycle and go across this whole like plank of uh, hot syrup, like like chocolate syrup. Like, uh, and you find the. Bar. I like
1: just the hot syrup hot because syrup. I would need Ugh. to do it.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> like that would be the we- the worst ever. Yeah. Um, but you know, I like how he's playing with Boris. It, it's it's kind of like this like fun little game that he's having with him. And so like when Boris says the phone, he's like, "It's a phone, right?" He's like, "Oh, you're real hot," and it's like. And then when we see Ivan check the phone, nothing happens. And he's like, it's not the phone. He's like, mm, I didn't say it wasn't the phone. Yeah. And so then becomes the, the real stinger to everything. He, he finds out that it's the phone. The phone, but it has to ring, and he has to answer the phone, and then that's when it will detonate.
2: So that's when Vaslov calls the room, like nine minutes to go over the three-hour time frame, and then Ivan goes to goes to answer and is like, nah, I'm good," and then he he, he figures it out, right? He's so like,
1: then, I, "Ivan's like, I have no friends who could be calling." <laughs>
2: yeah, right. Uh, so then, at that point, um, that's when like the gunshots go through like the windows because like he's figured this out. Uh, but I love that he takes... Uh, Ivan takes, like, the coffee pot and breaks the glass. He just he just shouts defiance uh, to Vaslov. He's like, just shoot me. to mm. d- just do it. Like, basically being like, I'm done with your games. I figured it out. Just shoot me, right? Uh, but then that's when we actually get Ivan doing a smart move of, you know, taking a bed sheet and putting it up against the the, the window. Well, and that's th-
1: actually when the shots start sh- that, uh, going. That's fair. Yeah. yeah so, like... So he thought he, he could uh, play this game of, like, oh, I'll just cover up the window. They won't see what I'm doing. And Boris just unloads into the room, <laughs> like, just multiple shots, just going crazy. And, yeah, you know, like, Ivan freaks out, busts out the rest of the glass, and he's like, just shoot me. Just do it. um I'd rather that. Whatever. You know, yeah. like, which, I mean, that's not a – honestly, I would probably rather that than just this, like, weird tension that you're, like, you're experiencing. This noticing – that it you the odds are stacked against you
2: well even for him to openly say shoot me it's like and nothing happens. I think that shows him that like Ivan knows that Vaslov wants the game played the way he wants it right and so he's calling his bluff and he's not doing it right you know? and so we eventually get the bit of him doing like the like Ivan do the double fake towards the door but I think he has the mattress up or nearby him to make sure that he has like, some cover. like like I would have just held that mattress up and opened the door and ran out. Like, that's me.
1: Well, so it, what we get here, though, is we get the phone ringing. So he doesn't answer it. He looks at it. Yeah. just kind of looks at it like, oh, no, that's not going to work. And it do, it just it doesn't go through. And this was at that point in time where you would have to call the hotel or whatever. Switchboard. Yeah. Right. And you would have to ring a particular line you know, like I think this was actually directed towards the, the hotel itself. Oh no, and you're it, right.
2: It was the hotel like because like, they had these like like ring whatever phone it is, but they were yeah. still a switchboard, right? Of like mm-hmm. plugging wires and shit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So so he asked to bring that that room specifically and Ivan doesn't take debate. I he's a little smarter than uh Vasilov uh credits him to be. So he didn't doesn't answer it. And uh Ivan you know, like he gets another call because Vasilov's like, "No, we got to get him to answer the phone. This is this is the this is the game. We got to get it." So as it's ringing, Ivan bolts for the door and he runs out the door and he runs down a hallway. Yeah. Like it's like,
2: all oh, right, yeah. <laughs> is, is there
1: because I think that Ivan's idea is that all right, maybe there's only Vasilov. It's only him, and he's got the phone in one hand, and maybe. he won't be paying so much attention to shoot. So it's like it's the only chance that he gets so he runs out the door and of course you know uh boris just unloads again like <laughs> but so we get this shot where uh vasilov and boris come into the room uh of ivan's you know
2: ivan's room to you
1: know search. Where, where's or,
2: the hotel staff i don't know <laughs> Here, all right. It's, I, I, it's the same hotel staff from that season four episode. Oh, uh, was it? Um, not uh, was it Nick? Not Nick at time, not time enough to last. Whatever it was, whenever the guy was like time traveling, and he had like the German turn down service. It's like, oh, you have this American right across way from Hitler. Why aren't you investigating this right now? And he had like the rifle and shit. Yeah, it's the same turn down service.
1: So, um, they're in Ivan's room. They're looking around. I think that they're trying to just find some inf- information of like maybe where Ivan might have went like all right like this was a failed attempt we'll set something up later yeah and all of a sudden the phone rings (laughs) and boris being the complete numbskull that he is answers the phone and of course what happens when you answer the phone yeah
2: yeah, that's and so so then we find out we see Ivan and his phone like the phone booth and the, the lady's like oh we couldn't reach the room he's like that's good I'm fine he has a smirking face yeah and then he's off on his way to wherever right yeah. so that's your episode um, there was there was good here um, I love the idea yeah uh, I think it's a great idea I feel like this is like the first act and like the like half of a third act right, of, a, like, something that could have been, like, this is one of those ones that could have been an hour long, like, in the season four that could have been kind of interesting, right, with, like, some space to to breathe. Or this could have been a film. Like, we talk about Saw, a well, that stuff. Um there, There's
1: been other films that have done it in a, in a particular books. manner. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, like, so, people have taken notes, and they've made it better. And, you know, any critiques that we have, I mean, they can be, you know, like disbanded at our well, yeah, leisure I mean, you because get, you we get some
2: real time type of thing. Like the things have come after this, right? Yeah. But it's like, so I will say that like, I, I was really hoping this was going to be a something, right? I thought this was going to be a background episode. I love the idea, right? Like I knew, I knew what we're getting into. I love the cast. I love Martin Landau on this, but it does that thing where, the first half of the episode takes so much time to get you the second half that I feel like it's like, guys, you're burning time. And like the, I know they wanted to set up Vassal as like this, like, you know, cocky, like, you know, mastermind. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you could have done that with the tape recorder and set it up and been like, you know, like, it could have
1: been a one man show. The, yes. You know, the, the one man show could have been just enough. And honestly, too, here's another thing. Here's another critique. No silencers. Do you know how loud
2: those oh, no, gunshots yeah. were? Every everything that was going on <laughs> what there. What kind it's of like, slums oh. is he living in? And I don't know. Yeah, it's just I feel like the, everybody in that hotel have been like, oh, there's gunfire again? No. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of questions on the edges. Um, but there also I'll say this too. We didn't even talk about it. We um aside from some of the handheld stuff. There are a couple like um, not crane, but because like crane implies a much larger apparatus for the the, the camera. But there's some really wonderful like uh, like sweeping shots going down into the hotel room and moving across things. And yeah. Some wonderful pans and things that like Donner brings some energy to this when it could have just been like a one man play. Like in terms of like static shots, uh, some of the cinematography here is really engaging as well. Um, I just don't think that the parts uh, add up to the whole with this episode. Meaning, um, I think Sterling had a cool idea. I think he, I think he had fun with this, but I also feel like um, he didn't. This is like, I wish that there would have been like a second or third pass on, like where if someone had read this and been like, "I like your concept," you, you've you you have shifted it too far into the story to make it engaging. Cause I think the Twilight Zone works really well at times when it's in media res, meaning we're in the middle of the story. We're just as lost as the people involved. You gotta catch us up. I don't like this whole idea of just being like constantly told what's happening as it's going on. That's not as compelling as a story.
1: Yeah, it's almost like there's too many pieces here too. Like Vasilov, yeah. yes, I get that. Boris don't get it the conversations between vasilov and boris again, like to like explain away like what's going on in that room i don't know if it's necessary but i like it it works for what's um like how this episode was written
2: it works so because what if like i'll put this pitch this to you too 60 years after the fact what if the back and forth would have been the phone calls like one hour in, phone rings, picks it up. What if Vasseloff even said, listen, there's a bomb in your room. It's going to go off. It's not the phone. Mm-hmm. Like, and said, sir would so be like, oh, you're panicking. What do you think? Like, if he would have toyed with him directly for that full, like, half hour, that would have been interesting to me, too. It wouldn't have been the same ending here. But you know what I mean? Like, something.
1: Well, I think one of the bigger fails, too, is the timeline. Three hours. Yeah three uh, we're in you a could 20- lose an entire
2: ss minnow in that time
1: right you this know. is yeah right um <laughs> <laughs> it's a good joke um so, but i mean like it, for the runtime this this 25 minutes yeah. so it's like if you want to put people on the edge of their seats don't give three hours what
2: what if the bigger beginning been like listen you have 24 minutes to find the bomb
1: give 15 minutes and the tape is 15 minutes long and like the entire time, you could have had him
2: just like just espousing like, "Oh, I know what you've done, and this, this, and this." It would have been running commentary. Like, keep yeah. on
1: searching; yeah. it's not there. Yeah, you know, you're,
2: you're talking like you're talking like it was set up on one of those like uh, VCR um, board games where you put the tape. Dude, in. I mean, why not? I mean, well, if like, if the tape recorder ro- is there, yeah, ro- roll the dice now. That's it. <laughs>
1: You're already you're already putting in that there as yeah. an integral part of the plot. So why not make that the 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 forcing uh, aspect of this, the, like the, the push to this entire or, episode? Or even
2: we had him like in the building across the way. Couldn't he just just shout at him the entire time?
1: Could possibly. I mean, he already knows that he's there at this point yeah. because of the gunshots coming. And uh, guess what? Um, you know, Ivan is sitting in a room with one window that points out to what another, other window?
2: another window. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah,
1: I, I don't know. Maybe Ivan, take a look outside. Who the hell is sitting out there? The dude with the gun. Yeah.
2: yeah I just, whatever. I, yeah. There's, there is a lot of, of large nits to pick with this. Uh, and it's all it is it deserves everything. Fine
1: tuning, some right? fine tuning. Uh, like I'm not saying this is a bad episode because we've seen some bad episodes, um, especially it, in the season.
2: It's incomplete. Yeah, like, just
1: it, it's they're, 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 the 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 pieces are there, man. Like like <laughs> these are things that made
2: this episode work. There's a meaty hook, yeah. and a satisfying ending. But for whatever reason, but all we got the was, the was middle, a girl Like it's just like there was like what <laughs> what's going on? Like it's just. Ah, you know, yeah, right. It's just like cool idea, and the ending is where we want it to go. Right. right? We want we want Ivan to get out and to and to have a the, satisfactory the, ending. And Boris being the idiot that he is, you know, he'll never, you know, he'll never find Moose yeah. and Squirrel at this point. But um, I just like that's okay. It's just it's one of those things where it's like it just didn't feel earned, or like the journey wasn't there. Like, yeah, it just I'll give I'll, to give, me, I'll you know? give you
1: this too. So we know that his window is right across. Mm. And it's within throwing distance. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that he takes the phone and throws yeah. it through the why, window. Well, that's yeah, why not, right, dude? Like, that would have been awesome. He throws it through the window and it explodes when the receiver comes off. Like, of it. would
2: it have been even better. He'd been like, like you got that? You get that? Like, uh, like uh, Ivan Drago? Like it's for you. And just like, mm. just like right, that's my Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and just like whip the phone. Just whip it, like you know, like how? Like, oh. Yes, yeah, that that. Oh my God! See.
1: We're already writing a better episode.
2: I've been accused, self-accused over the course of these five seasons of always like revisiting and rewriting episodes. Yeah. I just, I would love to have been like, hey, Rod, like I just, can I hug you for a second? You seem like an amazing human being. Oh, you smell like cigarettes. But here, I have some notes. (laughs) (laughs) And filters Uh, that you missed off your uh, cigarettes. Yeah. That's like... I'm not saying again.
1: I'm not saying this is a bad episode, but it's just, there's some tweaking here that could have happened if somebody would have come by and just like kind of refreshed it and been like, "Rod, I see what you're doing here, but we it, could it, make this a lot more captivating." It
2: just lands so squarely in the middle. Yeah, like it's just it's it's that is like if we did uh, if, like if we do when we get to the end of the season, which we're rapidly approaching, if we did. Um, which we didn't do for season four. I'll just say this: we did um, we did top and bottom there because there was only so many episodes. Right. What like, and I know I've done this for previous seasons. We do our top like top five, bottom five. What about our most like frustrating five in terms yeah. of like? Oh man, this is like. Well, where we, we kind
1: of discussed that too yeah, because a little bit. Yeah. yeah.
2: So. Not that I'm going to tip my hand, but if we did like a most frustrating five as well, in terms of like, we were like, oh, this was a thing that could have been a thing. How about that? Let's just do that. We'll, 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 we have 35 or six episodes. I and think let, we can let's do make
1: that. this interactive, too, because uh, reaching out to our listeners here if there are some episodes from the fifth season that you found very frustrating, put that in a list, give us, give us your top three that you found the most frustrating, because you know, if if you're listening to this, you'll like, you like the series, but with this season in particular, there are some very frustrating episodes.
2: Well, I mean, I would also, (laughs) I would also argue that season three started to show some wear and tear. Um, and then season four was just a, it was, mandated by the network so it was going to be odd uh we did find some gold in those hills we also found some utter garbage there um but whatever i think season five is better than four so far that like we'll get to we'll get to the wrap up of five but also there's like 38 episodes or so. like there's way more to dig into than season four yeah um but it's just Man, there's just times where it's like when we talk about the highs and lows of the Twilight Zone and the super, super duper highs, including terror at 20,000 feet, right? One of the defining episodes of the series. Um, and we, I know I've mentioned this before, and Terry and I have talked about this, that when people talk about the Twilight Zone, all they do is hit the high notes. All they do is like, and that's fine. Like, I mean, I don't know, so. I mean, how many how many CDs do you have that you're like every single track is worthy? You know, like I get it. Like, you know, I mean, I, I just want to mention again that uh, uh Maynard James Keenan was uh born on this day. Was episode air so every single track that he's put out, every one, no,
1: no, <laughs> no, because I don't listen to Pussifer. There, there's some there's some stuff I don't listen to. Maynard it, so. is
2: a, is a perfect circle, perfect all the time. No, hell,
1: hell, no. <laughs> Tool is way better. <laughs> okay,
2: so fair enough, but my point is like, um, yeah, and, and like I also think that you you gotta you gotta take your lumps, and you gotta you gotta sometimes. I I don't know if it's more heartbreaking to see something where the bones are there and what could have been versus like something that's just, just bad out of the box. Like you could have like sounds and silences. I don't know. We could have done that to fix that in a manner of speaking. <laughs> um, yeah. This, it's like you you had the time. Like, like, um, here's a weird connection. How about this? Um, five characters in search of an exit. That's the one with like, you know, you got the the soldier, the clown, whatever. It was a season two episode, I believe. I believe so, yeah. Um, that is such an abstract episode, but you have these people dealing with an impossible situation and trying to identify what's going on, and you're really dropped in, like, without any knowledge. And it's like, that is a stellar episode of the twilight zone. And it has a banger of an ending. Um, you could have done something somewhere here where it's like, maybe what, what if, what if there was, um, like an hour timeline of finding this bomb and we're dropped in 30 minutes into it with Ivan sweating. Yeah. Just, just like like
1: freaking out, like, like taking off his jacket really like looking at the floorboards, everything like, why not?
2: Like you could, have you, this thing was built for tension from the jump. Right. And I just, so yeah, I guess, I guess it's, it's unfortunate that I'm holding it up against the, the episode in my mind of what this could have been. But I also know that Serling is a much better writer than myself and much more capable of complexity and usually seeing through the bullshit and giving us those things. I think he was, you know, I I don't know where he was at with this. I mean, I had some trivia here when we get to it here about where those, like we, it was the end of the end of season five.
1: And he was right. right. He was still writing quite a bit of episodes. So maybe he was just, just so spent, you know, especially after all the things that he incurred,
2: that that's, that's the right way to say that,
1: you know, it's like, I I can imagine this dude sitting there and being like, I know that this, this train is going to come to an end at some point. And I'm just gonna put something out there that yeah. seems interesting because I, I, he he's a good story writer. Like he knows how, he knows how to write. And for, there's
2: some delicious dialogue in this episode. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah!
1: Sure. And I like, I, I really I, I enjoyed this episode. But I can see it seems. Oh, for sure. So yeah. I mean, I don't know how much more I want to try to like explain away certain things or try to beat it up because I'm not really, I'm not trying to beat this episode up because we've experienced worse than this. And the episodes that clearly just don't make any sense and what there's no heart in them. I feel there's a lot more heart in this episode than sounds and silences. But you know, they're two, two completely different animals too, for how his writing style was really put out there. I mean, you can see that. And Boris, Boris is an interesting character and I like Ivan and actually Martin Landau was awesome in this. So if there, if there's any like major credits I can give to this episode in general, it is Martin Landau. And then second place credits would be to Donner because he, he, he did well for what he had. Like he had a structure and he delivered an interesting episode
2: yeah I feel like um like we <laughs> you and I being Cleveland sports fans you always hear like uh, playing to the level of your competition like we'll talk about the, like in in past years the Browns would always played to the level of their competition. I feel like Donner in this case and this is not this is not a slight he did the best he could with what he had so he would play to the level of his competition right and I think that there was you could have easily. You could have told the same story and not added any um, dynamic uh, camera shots. But he made it visually interesting. And he got, like, I mean, I don't think any of the actors involved did a bad job. I just believe that some, this is this is me, like, you, everybody come at me, not Terry. Serling overwrote the dialogue of this episode yeah. and didn't.
1: Which it didn't really need much dialogue nope, at all. it
2: didn't. Like, you could have even just been like... Boris, you are a butcher. I, I, um, I am an artist, and I am gonna like this whole like escape room thing. I would, I would.
1: Here is here is me. This is the setup right here. This is it. You get the recorder. You don't get anybody else in that room.
2: Yeah, I think it'd be cool.
1: And then you get a silencer on a gun, and while he's listening to the 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 audio, you get one shot. And it hits like, the light or something, something like something right, hits right behind bec- him. Like, to know that because you good. know, he's that yeah. good, you know, and
2: then you get like uh what a boy, no, yeah. <laughs> like,
1: I, I think that would have been stellar, you know? Yeah,
2: I agree. So, um, yeah. Do you have any other, any other notes about the episode? Before we get no, into no, some trivia? no. All right. Uh, one, one obvious piece of trivia that of all the episodes, of twilight zone, this is actually one of four that did not have any science fiction or fantasy elements. Uh, This includes the shelter, uh, the silence. uh, The the episode dust is put in here as well. I would argue that one has like um, some supernatural trappings. If you read it a certain way, it's, it's the one with um, it's set in the old West where someone's about to be hung and whatever, but like nothing in that, that happens is like supernatural. However, it, whatever. Anyway, the silence is straight ahead and the shelter is very straight ahead. So it's one of the few that doesn't have like a science fiction or fan, like a ghost element or something, whatever. So that I think that's important to note. Uh, so so Serling actually had a partial script for this uh, back in 61. Um, what was it called? Method of execution. He had some of the, the broad strokes in there. So he what this happens, and this is what happens when professionals do it, they bring out things they had before that weren't complete. So in 64, uh, Sterling dusted off his partial script and completed a new revision, starting from the beginning, eliminating the concept of multiple destination devices down to one, um, the telephone. Um, so that, that's um, interesting to me that he actually kind of took this and squeezed it down, right? And so, um, what was it? The Lima News from Lima, Ohio, that no one's ever been to. I've been there multiple times. But I like, know somebody like, from Lima. Yeah. I, <laughs> li, 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 uh, Lima is in the middle of nowhere, uh, but they have a Macy's oddly enough. So anyway, yeah. I don't know why I know that, but I do. Um, so they, they commented was quick to point out that while the episode was a horrifying and suspended half hour, there are no weird excursions into, into reality here. Yep. Great. That's fair. So anyway, Lima way to go. So here, here's, here's a quote from Martin Landau. <clears throat> I met Rod again on the set of The Jeopardy Room, and I could tell he was different from the Western episode I did before. He looked tired, felt tired, and I think he was tired of fighting the networks and sponsors just to keep the show going. I could see it in his face, but it wasn't until years later that I learned how hard he'd fought them. Uh, the filming was no different than most of the television shows I did. We had a day to rehearse, which was not common with other shows, but the role was larger than the Denton episode. I was glad, I still am, to have been part of it. So, um, yeah, he has a much bigger role in this than Mr. Denton on Doomsday. But him calling out, like, saying, Rod's tired, he was different. Yeah, he went through the ringer, fighting all. Like, the network and the sponsors, like, this is a man that, you know, had a vision, and just had to fight. And, and he, had, was he was
1: tired of fighting a two hundred pound gorilla. Like it was like yeah,
2: or four hundred pound, whatever. However, yeah, a really f- large gorilla. A gorilla. Um, and I, if I, and once we get to the end of season five, I'll mention that he had plans to when ABC was like talking about picking it up because we mentioned that previously with uh, the current South Creek Bridge. I have some further information about what that would have entailed, and then ABC passed on it. So excellent, yeah. But yeah, this is. You know, CBS beat the the living shit out Rod Serling, yeah. and this is maybe this was his compromise of like, hey, you got twenty four minutes, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I don't know. It's but
1: like the relationship that he knew was failing, and he just wanted to break up, and yeah. like he was just appeasing the other person at that point. Yeah, so, and it's like, and it's tough, you know. I, I I see the like the fifth season why people criticize it so much, and even the fourth season in particular. Like there was, there was a lot of turmoil during those shoots, and that and a lot of things that didn't really work. And I, I get it, but the fifth season, please don't shut out for the fifth season. If you're listening now and you haven't really watched any of the other episodes, if you're a new listener, there's a lot of good in this season. But a I also
2: argue there's a lot of bad in the first right. three. You know, like yeah. I just. I mean, to, to say that, like, you know, you have to suffer through. uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I shot an arrow to the air, not a good episode from the first season. I, um, what was it? Um, the mighty Casey, not a good episode. And and,
1: and we, there is coverage, uh, of those episodes. If you go back into our, uh, you know, the past episodes and, uh, check those out. Uh, and you'll see why Paul is so mad. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. No, I just so like I I always forget. I always forget at the beginning of of each episode that we do to say the mission statement for this was to watch Twilight Zone chronologically, episode by episode. Um, I mean, if you guys haven't figured it out by now, like we're season five, episode twenty nine. I mean, look at our feed; it only goes backwards from there, aside from the invaders, right? So, like, I I think you figured out the chronology of what we do. I'm I'm super appreciative. Like, I'm not trying to. I'm not trashy on this episode. However, I am frustrated because I'm frustrated at like potential. Yeah. And this had plenty of it. Oh hell yeah. And it and like it's not bad, but it could have been not just good, it could have been like fantastic
1: the like the probably the <sighs> most memorable of this entire season
2: yeah if handled right it would have been amazing and then with all that to be said and done be like oh by the way there's no ufos in this like that would have been just cool right like yeah but whatever like um it just eh. and
1: I, I i'm kind of bummed that that that's like one of the most like looked at um like I guess, like points to this, uh, this, this episode, it has nothing to do with science fiction. And that the, a lot of the episodes from the series has nothing to do with science fiction. A lot of them,
2: well, not but, I mean, all like, of them, but there's know. always supposed to be some kind of odd element. So when they talk about like, like, you know, Hey, this is the one that doesn't deal with this stuff. It's like, the, it's, it's straightforward. It, it could, it could happen where one, one man is like, trapped other man in a hotel room it's like you have three hours to get out yeah. like that that could exist right like um uh you know whatever um i i would also argue that the monsters to do on maple street could happen but whatever right like without aliens messing with everybody i know
1: they yeah. we, di- we didn't necessarily need that part yeah
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> i didn't appear on that episode uh, but uh yeah, yeah, yeah i think yeah, that, you know that's my yeah but so my,
2: my, my point is that like um, just because there's not the supernatural or the science science fiction portion of this, I, which, again, going back further into into Serling's writing, which I'm I'm not a scholar, um, he was more of a dramatic writer. So I would feel like this is more in his wheelhouse that even like, well, even we just talked about um, I was at the um, I Am the Night, Color be Black. That's right, not the right episode title, but you know, we just covered it. Yeah, that's it. A- um, the supernatural element there is the perpetual darkness, not the humanity like, which is, but also, it's a metaphor. Yes. Mm. So, so yeah, um, I think it's just, it's, it, it exists just as well in the twilight zone. I think it has just as much standing and it just, ah, man, I just, I wanted to win. I wanted, I wanted a win of a Sterling episode after sounds and silences yeah um and, and
1: especially like you know right after the passing of uh donner, donner like right. but again this is not on donner either so like
2: yeah how l- d- let's yeah. not
1: misconstrued yeah. like yeah. that part uh but you know it, it, it is what it is it's a uh to quote my uh my sister-in-law a solidly okay episode
2: <laughs> fair enough so i think that's where to go with that so you have no other notes no, no other notes Nope. all right let's read that twist Is the twist that Boris is an idiot? Because that was kind of like, not an idiot, but like, um, he was a straight ahead murderer. And so he wasn't paying attention. Um, and, and the twist is that um Vasilov get his own comeuppance. I'm going to give that a one. Because it was set up pretty early on that he was the smartest man in the room and would let everybody know it. So you know the Twilight Zone would, would not let him go unpunished.
1: If we're basing it on uh, Vasilov getting his upcomings, yeah. I'll give Sorry. it a one. But yeah. the, Sorry, the, a
2: one out of five, like one being like, eh, and then five being like, oh my gosh, your mind's blown. That's yeah, that's rate. why we yeah, call
1: yeah, it the twist rating. Yeah. Um, but um, Boris answering the phone, I'll give that a three because I didn't really expect him being the idiot. Like Actually, I, I put it more in, on the feet of Ivan being the guy who was smart enough to be like, uh-huh. I'm gonna play your same game and use the phone against you. I didn't really see that. And that was fun. I like that. Fun.
2: Fair enough. Fun. All right. So a difference in twist rating, and that's that's why Terry and I will never be friends. I'm kidding. That's not what? Fair. what? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. So, all right. Uh that's gonna do it for our discussion about the Jeopardy room. Um, you guys can find us on Facebook at Strange Highways. Uh we post photos there. Um, I need to get some photos up from Caesar and me. However, it was the holiday weekend, so we were um, drinking. We, we were drinking. <laughs> uh, we were out, in the Pittsburgh. We were near the amusement park. Um, we made sure that there were sandwiches had with fries on them, but not beans. Mm-hmm. Like, like we were, we were close. We had
1: some good sandwiches. Though. We had some good some sandwiches. K- uh, Kmart isk. <laughs> yeah, and
2: then sandwich. other sandwiches that. Well, yeah. Yeah. You're the sub. Anyway, uh, yeah. um, <laughs> so what it was. Uh, yeah, that was, that's what happened. I'll get some photos up soon uh, from yeah. Caesar and me. Uh, you guys. Yeah. Like you can find us there. You can uh, email us directly at uh, strangehighwayspodcast@gmail.com. strange highways podcast, gmail.com. Um, yeah. Wherever you find podcast rate reviews would be greatly appreciated. And Terry, where else are we at? Dude,
1: we are on Instagram. I don't know if you heard about this. We're on Instagram. We're, we're
2: post- on AOL.com. I don't
1: <laughs> get get your disc from yeah. your uh, local owed, post we're owed, office. We're on
2: ICQ chat. Just find um, us. It's fine, you know. Yeah,
1: so we're on Instagram. We're posting fun stuff on there. Um, you know, come follow us on there. We're, you know, I mean, we need we need uh some people on there. Uh, we're still not past hundred mark, and it's kind of sad. But Wait, we're
2: on Instagram. We're not past hundred. No. hundred? What hundred Instagrams? What? Oh, no, hundred people oh, okay.
1: following us. Come wow. over there. Follow us. You
2: guys have three hours. We put bombs in your rooms.
1: Sign up for Instagram and follow (laughs) us on it. Tell your friends. It's the pyramid scheme that they all need to be in. Um, But you know, like like Paul says. Reach out to us. Tell us what's going on. You know, tell us what your favorite favorite episodes are, of uh, yeah, season like- five, or the ones that need a little tweaking, and maybe even how you would tweak them. Uh, and then um, just want to shout out to Matt. Uh, Matt was a, a he's a listener, and he reached out to us about one of the episodes uh, more recently. Uh, had some insight uh, about his past. Thank you, Matt, for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it, and uh, thank you for reaching out to us.
2: Right, so there we go. So that's going to do it for this episode. Next episode is Stopover in a Quiet Town. And Terry, can I before I play, play the Serling bit, can I tell you my hesitation about this episode?
1: What is it, dude?
2: Can, can you guess what it is? Oh, no.
1: Hamner! Hamner!
2: All right, there we go.
0: And now, Mr. Serling. Next time out on the Twilight Zone, we enlist the talented typewriter of Earl Hamner Jr. Is it? And present a stunningly conceived show called Stopover in a Quiet Town. It will star Barry Nelson and Nancy Malone. And it will provide the kind of shock ending that punches the emotional eye with unexpected force. Next time, Stopover in a Quiet Town.
2: Yeah, so we're getting some Hamner. (laughs) More Hamner. Before the very last episode of Hamner, with the Hamner, whatever. Anyway. Ham on, ham on, ham on, ham 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 ham. on, ham on, ham. That's like the sandwiches we had this weekend. All right. So, Mm. um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Stop over to Quiet Town next week. Uh, Some Earl Hamner Jr. Um, Like Again, best thing he's ever written was these words. That cat was a witch. So we'll find out. It was a
1: pretty high rating on it, though. (laughs) I don't know. This could be good. dude. He's probably going to redeem himself.
2: And we'll see. So that's going to do it for us this week. Have a good week. Have a safe week. And um, I don't know. Um, don't don't answer regular phones. Your cell phone's perfectly acceptable. If you have a landline at this point, I don't. Why? I don't know. I got nothing.
1: Caller ID.